Do you love this podcast? Do you wish you could learn even more? Well, we have an online class bundle. Our online class bundle is comprised of three online classes, Beautifying Your Home for Less, Styling Your Home, and The Fundamentals of Feng Shui. Each one of those three classes is between 30 and 45 minutes long and chock-filled with visuals and tips, things that will help you to style your own space or help out with other spaces. Additionally, with the pack of three classes, you get an autographed copy of my book, Affordable Interior Design. You get all of that for only $99. Once again, that's the three online classes as well as the book for only $99. You just go to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to buy your bundle today. And if one of those classes sounded intriguing, but maybe you already have my book or some of the other topics are not of interest, you can buy the classes individually at that site as well. Each class is $40. So head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash classes to get your bundle or your online class today. You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. Even more challenging than finding a mate can be merging with a mate. When you move his or her stuff into your space, it can create a lot of friction. I should know because I married a hoarder. There's got to be a movie about that. Or is that my next book, So I Married a Hoarder? Anyway, we are here with special guest Jasmine Brett Stringer, who is not only a successful author, she is also now a podcaster, and she has a podcast called Carpe DM with Jasmine. So Jasmine Brett Stringer, welcome to Big Design Small Budget. This is Betsy Helmuth, and I can't wait to hear about your issues when you merged with your mate. Hi, Betsy. Thank you so much for having me today. You know, we are actually still in what I affectionately call the hashtag big merger. It is still taking place. We uh, are living in the condo in the city during the week and then we go to the farm. But our plan is to buy a new house in the new year. But my biggest issue, because this is a, a very huge debate. In fact, right now we don't even have a couch because of this debate. What do you think of leather couches? I'm not a fan. I'm definitely not a fan for honeymooners who want to be snuggling, especially it is so hot right now. We're at the end of summer. The last thing I want to do is binge watch anything with my spouse on a leather sofa because they just don't breathe well. So if you're sitting there for more than 30 minutes, you're going to get sweaty. You're going to get sticky. And certainly if you're snuggled up next to somebody else. Ugh. So I much prefer a fabric sofa for that sweat factor. I also prefer a fabric sofa because it's just more affordable. A leather sofa can be quite expensive if it's genuine leather. And of course, if it's pleather, that's tragic. That's no way to start a marriage, not with pleather. So I find that to be problematic as well. So who won the debate? Who's going to get the fabric I sofa? I won because I told him that I think leather couches 
are for bachelor pads, not for homes and not for homes with families. And that you could put a leather couch like if we had a den, but not in the condo where, you know, we have a one purpose living room den room but if we had like a basement i think leather furniture can totally go on the basement i completely agree even though it might be a little chilly in the basement and then leather tends to be a little chilly just by its nature in terms of when you sit on it for the first time but um i do like leather with kids only because if they spill the juice box you can wipe it off i don't love leather if you plan on getting pets only because claws can scratch the leather and it's really hard to fix scratches and leather, whereas you can more easily clean a stain off of fabric. So pros and cons, but 90% but what of, uh-huh. about microfiber? Let oh, me ask, sorry. Let me ask. Oh, no, she didn't, listeners. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no. Jasmine Brett Stringer needs to listen to some past episodes. Um, I am obviously not a fan. I don't like microfiber for several reasons. The first is that it gets a lot of static cling. So I don't know if you've ever had anything microfibery before, but I certainly have because I was really excited about its stain-resistant properties. But then I found that everything would stick to it, from pet hair to my hair to lint. It just really attracted that stuff. And certainly it was easy to wipe down with a damp paper towel, but then you can see the place where you've wiped. It's kind of like a velvet in that way. You can see the orientation of your brush stroke. So when you sit and get up, you can see where your booty has been. Not my favorite look. So I like performance fabrics. Let's say that. There are a lot of great performance fabrics that don't have to be classified that micro suede or microfiber to still provide a lot of stain resistance without having all those other issues. Ugh, microfiber. So there you go. Say no to microfiber. Yes. I got you don't it. come to me if you want me to give you the messages gently. You come to me for the tough love, Jasmine. Tough love. You're the Susie Orman of, of decorating and design. <laughs> I am. I just gave you a sofa smackdown. How did it feel? Yeah. I'm, it hurt a little. I mean, but I wasn't thinking of microfiber. I wish I knew the name of the fiber. I'm going to um, look in the folder and I'm going to send it to you because I, I definitely need your advice offline. Okay. I'd be happy to. So another area of conversation in our new household is color. So I love color. I know you've seen my book cover. You see me every time you see me. I'm in color. Bright colors make me happy. The walls were once painted green and yellow and a, and a, and a soft purple. But uh, now they're going to be a pretty gray that I've actually started to like. But just what are your thoughts on paint on wall color and then also maybe this is another debate too because I thought about doing accent uh, wallpaper with some texture texture so I thought about doing accent wallpaper wall to add texture and dimension so I'd love to get your thoughts on that also so I'm hearing that you really want colorful walls or some kind of cool accent and the significant other is not into that is that the idea he's boring when it comes to the wall design, not in life. Well, and I tend to be a little bit boring with him because did you say you're going to sell this sometime soon? Well, we don't know if we're going to sell it or rent it, but we won't be mm. living in it. Well, no matter what, whether you're selling or renting, nobody wants to live with your wallpaper because it's going to have a lot of character. It's going to have a lot of 
impact and you don't want to be forcing that on someone else, whether they're going to be choosing a rental or not choosing your rental as it were, or of course for that resale value. So if you're going to be in this space less than two years, I would recommend keeping the walls neutral and foregoing the wallpaper. If you're going to be in the space for more than two years, and that way the work that you do, you'll really reap the returns of in terms of time, of enjoyment, then I would look at removable wallpapers. I am not a huge fan of accent walls because it looks like you ran out of wallpaper, like you got started, but then you either became afraid or ran out. So I think it's a better idea to go the distance, but I understand, and it looks like your space from our Skype call is a modern style architecture, right? Correct. It's not a pre-war, older building. No. So I don't mind it in a modern environment where you could take it and sort of do a very clean accent wall. But you do want to be thinking about the wall that you're going to put it on. What's on that wall that you want to accentuate? Is it the bed? Is it the sofa? Make sure that where you're putting that wallpaper or colorful accent wall is highlighting something that's interesting, not just a bookcase that will mostly cover it up or a storage piece that really isn't that cute. So keep in mind that you're drawing people's eye there, and you're going to be drawing a lot of people away from your rental selection. People don't want to live with your damask wallpaper. So I'm with your husband, but do you know what? I am with you all the way on colorful accent pillows, an amazing rug that has pattern and color to camouflage stains. Uh, I love the idea of adding some bold, large art. You can get great options on Etsy. And Minted.com is my new favorite for artwork that's big and pretty affordable. Let's take a commercial break and get right back with Jasmine. I hear she may have some more design dilemmas for us. You've asked for it and we have answered the call. For years you've been saying, Betsy, You're talking about all these great design concepts, but we can't visualize them. You're describing the picture that the listener sent in of their problem, and we wish we could see that picture too. After all, a picture is worth a thousand words, and I do my best to describe them, but there's nothing like seeing it for yourself. And that's why Affordable Interior Design, the podcast, now has a YouTube channel. Not only do we have a YouTube channel where you could see recordings and clips of these podcast episodes, we also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and so many other exciting things. You should check it out. Head over to affordableinteriordesign.com slash links. Once again, affordableinteriordesign.com slash L-I-N-K-S links. And when you go there, you will see links to our YouTube page, our Instagram page, our Facebook page, and more. Please check it out, follow and subscribe so you can see everything I'm talking about. All right, we are back with Jasmine Brett Stringer, our special guest, who is a newlywed who has recently merged her belongings with her mates. He has moved into her space and they're having issues. Tell me more. Well, this is another thing. I'm I'm seeing your photo collage and I love pictures. And you know, we we have families and we've traveled, so we've done things together. And I thought it might be really nice to do a photo collage on maybe the back wall um, 
in a room. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Like what sizes go well? I noticed that you have all different sizes, but all of your pictures appear to be color. Should you mix and match color, black and white? If you're mixing different sizes, do all the frames need to be the same? Or could all the frames be different, but the matting be the same? Or could the matting be the same and the frames be different? Just your tips on putting together a very nice photo collage. Well, I think a photo collage is the perfect thing to make when you're just moving in together because he might have a lot of pictures that he liked to display or she, and you might have a lot of pictures that you liked to display, and now you can put them all together. They don't have to be the same theme. They don't all have to be color. Some could be black and white. You can have all of your special stuff up without making someone feel left out or without making it be all about you two as a couple. So I love that idea of some pictures of just your husband and his separate identity before you, and then maybe you with your separate identity, and then some of your stuff that is commingled, pictures of you together, wedding pictures. So I love that idea of using it as a way to get both of your thoughts and feelings out there, especially when you're newly merging and may not have a lot of memories that overlap. Uh, my husband and I got married within 10, or I'm sorry, we got engaged within 10 weeks, but married within seven months. So we did not have a lot of overlapping memories when we decorated our first space. We had a lot of individual memories and we've had to build since then. Now, if you guys do have a lot of picture frames already, then that's, I hate for you to buy new things so that it looks cohesive. But if you have a lot of picture frames that are different and each of you are bringing them to the table or the wall, as it were, bring them to the wall. It's not a funny pun. It is. I like that. Bring them to the wall. There we go. So if you already have a lot of picture frames, I hate for you to buy new ones. But then I would suggest that all the pictures either be color or all the pictures would be black and white. So that way there's some cohesivity to the imagery, even if the frames are quite different. Now, if all of the frames are the same, for instance, all white frames, or say you get my favorite kit from the Picture Wall Company, they have an amazing kit where you can instantly create a picture wall going upstairs, downstairs. They have a million templates. Well, not a million. I think it's seven. They have seven templates, but it's just such an easy-to-use product, and I get no kickbacks. I'm just a very happy customer. PictureWallCompany.com, and it will also be on my podcast page at AffordableInteriorDesign.com slash podcast. So I'll put that link there so you can go get yours. But um, that has all one type of frame. Like you choose all white, all gold, all black. Then you choose your size of mat, which would again be cohesive through the whole set. But then in the frames, I like doing something different. So maybe if he's a baseball fan, he has a baseball ticket from a special game. You have, you know, an invitation to the wedding. Then you guys have some pictures of you together. You have some pictures of your friends. But they're all in these similar frames, which again gives it that cohesive look and feel. So that would be my idea on picture walls. And then also you want to make sure to do an odd number of pictures. So no matter whether the frames are the same or different, an odd number is always more visually appealing than an even number of frames. So don't do 10, do 11. Don't do 8, do 9. Can I be a kid and ask you why? Why an odd number? Yes. According to visual theory, science, odd numbers feel more organically pleasing to us. 
So the number two or couplings of things actually doesn't feel that comfortable or organic. It feels a little bit contrived. So in each room, I try and only do one set of two on a wall. So if I have a pair of sconces or if I'm doing two pictures on a diagonal, I won't do two floating shelves on the other side of the room. Even numbers just tend to feel a little bit forced. So any other questions for me? Well, I know you are anti-chairs in the bedroom. Very good. You have been listening. I have been listening. But would you be willing to give us an exception because... That's where the other TV is. I will be willing to give you... And could we put a recliner in the bedroom? I guess that's my biggest question. So there we go. That gets a pass. Believe it or not, a recliner gets a pass, but a regular chair does not. And the reason is because if you're ever going to sit in this chair, it has to be more comfortable than your bed. And because otherwise you'll just sit in your bed. So the way to make it more comfortable is to get a footstool, but then the footstool takes up more space. And so if you have a recliner, it's all in one. You don't have to get that additional piece that adds to the bulk and makes it less easy to move about in your bedroom. So if you have a recliner, I think that's the perfect solution. And hopefully you will use it because I'd hate to hear in six months, Jasmine, when the bloom is off the rose and you're no longer a newlywed, that he keeps just piling his stuff up there no matter what you say or vice versa. Uh, we could never have a chair in our bedroom. I would constantly be nagging my husband. Uh, I know my limits. <laughs> but I think when we were newlyweds, he might have listened to me for a good six months. Really? Six months? That's it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I got. And what are some tips for making a home office have, you know, you want it to have a personal touch, but you want it to have a professional touch. I You can see that I've been working on my home office. So I was thinking, could I have an, a photo collage in my home office, too? Or should I maybe do some word art, you know, or is that too cheesy? What? No, I really hate word art because you should have pictures and images of things that inspire those words for you. I hate word art because it feels like it's telling me what to think when really I don't want to be dictated to. I want to just feel things and I want to be inspired to feel different things. So word art for me is problematic. It's a little too uh, literal. It's a little too – it reminds me of my mother. Really? Like, be happy. Live, laugh, love. Ugh. Like, don't tell me what to think. Show me something beautiful and I'll have thoughts on my own. Show me something inspiring and I will turn that into something new every day. So I have images – But I feel like I deserve a carpe diem because it's the brand, it's the business. Now, you should definitely have your logo. And I am a big fan of having imagery of things that inspire you or of places that you want to be. Uh, I have imagery of a full paintbrush in my office and that really speaks to me even though it may not speak to anyone else. That full paintbrush image reminds me that anything's possible. Today is a full paintbrush loaded and ready for me to draw with. I have images of people walking in New York City and that reminds me to stay focused, stay on task, stay in the rat race even though I'm now in Westchester. So what do you need to look at to get inspired? But think of it in more of an imagery way and less of a dictation way. Okay, I like that. 
Yeah. So because you know, I'm a huge proponent in vision boards because I say you have to see what you want to see. So I like that. That that ties in very nicely to seizing the day and seizing your life. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad there can be overlap because I've learned a lot from you on that. Um, And then the other thing I want to think about, because a lot of times people tell me that they need to share their home office with their spouse. And so how can you create two zones in a rather small environment? Does he need to work here with you or is that not really an issue in this situation? It's not an issue, but I'm sure it might be an issue to one of your listeners. So. Well, if this is your episode, Jasmine, it's all about you and your mate merging issues. So if that's not an issue for you, great. And as much as you can reinforce your brand with your decor, even though it's just a personal space for you, I think that that's really helpful. Always keeping your eye on the prize, on what you're doing. And I did – I don't know if I've mentioned this on my podcast before, but um, a few months ago, they had this thing on the New York Times – about how your screensaver should be an image of like something that's mushy to you, like a kid or your favorite pet or, you know, something like that, because it will inspire you to keep working towards those goals. So they say, do have a picture of your family on your desk. Do have a picture of that favorite vacation spot, because working and seeing that imagery in the periphery will keep you motivated. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to have to look up that article. So don't judge the people in other cubicles around you if they have pictures of kitty cats and newborns on their screens. Because it's motivation. That's right. That's right. Because I felt really bad that I had like pictures of my kids naked in a tub on my screensaver uh, when I would go to work or, you know, when I'd be in the office or they'd be trick-or-treating on my screensaver. And I was like, oh, I should probably get a picture of an apartment or a living room. And then I read this thing in the New York Times and now I feel totally liberated. I've got my dog on there. I've got, you know, family holiday pictures. It rotates. Confirmation from the New York Times. You know, I'll take confirmation wherever I can get it, Jasmine. Yeah, me too. Me too. (laughs) I'm not knocking you there. It has been so wonderful talking with you again. And I am so excited for your podcast, Carpe Diem with Jasmine. Tell us where else we can find you. You can find me online at Carpe Diem with Jasmine.com. I'm also on Facebook at Carpe Diem with Jasmine. And I am Carpe Diem JBS, that's B as in boy, the middle initial, on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Wonderful. I can't wait to look you up on all those mediums. Once I learn how Instagram and Snapchat work, I will definitely get on that. And uh, thanks for joining us. Keep in touch, and we'll be talking to you hopefully again soon. Thank you so much. Carpe diem. Carpe diem to you as well. And I will catch you next week. Bye. Are you a fan of this podcast? Do you wish there was even more juicy content for you to sink your ears into? Well, there is. You can become a premium member of this podcast for $5.99 a month and get full access to an archive of over 50 bonus episodes. Additionally, we release a bonus episode 
every single month. That's a ton of extra content, including my personal interior design diaries, extra tips, my talking about trends, and so much more. Additionally, you'll be keeping us on the airwaves each and every week because your premium membership money goes directly back to making this podcast amazing. Check us out at affordableinteriordesign.com, click on podcast to learn more, and to become a premium member today. A big thank you to our amazing producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the MBCR House Band, and to Affordable Interior Design, the sponsor of this podcast and the premier place to get an amazing look on a budget. Check out affordableinteriordesign.com. If you guys love the show, the very best way to support us is by spreading the word. Tell your friends or write us an awesome review on iTunes. So until next week, guys, thanks so much for joining us, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.